0: Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining this product school session on AI/ML product management. It's a great pleasure for me to be here and share some of our experience designing, developing, and launching products that are grounded in breakthrough technologies around artificial intelligence and machine learning. I'm probably biased, but I can only guess that mastering research-grounded products can become increasingly vital for aspiring product managers as we rush towards an always more innovative world driven by technological and scientific breakthroughs. Before diving in, the usual disclaimer that content and thoughts on these slides are my own and do not represent that of Google, DeepMind, or any of my previous employers. A bit about myself. I am Mehdi, a product manager at DeepMind, one of the world's leading AIML research labs and part of the Alphabet Group, Google's parent company. Four years ago, after four years in various Google early stage bets, including cloud and emerging markets, I came to DeepMind to build research-grounded products that bring the benefits of AI ML into the real world. Let's start by giving you an overview of our environment at DeepMind. I believe PMs need to understand the environment they operate in, given the highly collaborative nature of our role. We will touch on the importance of collaboration for PMs later on. In 2009, Demis Hassabis and Shane Legg met at UCL, University College London, during their PhDs. They co-founded DeepMind with the goal of advancing AI. They thought of DeepMind as an Apollo program effort to advance AI as quickly as possible. They were trying to bring together the world's greatest scientists and engineers, give them all the resources they require, computer power and so on, in order to see how much progress could be made towards solving AI. DeepMind had an ambitious roadmap back then, which it is still carrying out today. In 2014, Google acquired DeepMind. The founders wanted to organize scientific endeavors in a new way. Demis summarizes it as trying to fuse together the best from academia, this blue sky thinking and ambitious thinking that you get from the best places in academia, With the best from the startup world, focus, energy, and pace that you get at the world's best startups. The intuition behind this is that those two types of environments are not mutually exclusive, but that one could advance science faster if they could combine the best of both of those inspiring worlds. DeepMind's mission is articulated around two steps. Step one is to fundamentally solve intelligence, which means understand what intelligence is and recreate it artificially. Step two is a belief that if we do step one in a general enough way, then step two naturally follows. We should be able to use this technology to solve almost everything else. Now that you have an understanding of the unique environment in which we operate, let's turn our attention to product management. I'll try to distill some of the key learnings and best practices we have developed and continue to develop day in, day out, as we learn from incubating new product opportunities. As mentioned earlier, the second step of the DeepMind mission focuses on bringing the benefits of AI to the world. We are privileged to partner with many teams across Google and Alphabet. This gives us the opportunity to apply our research breakthroughs onto immediate real-world challenges, from which we can feed the learnings back into our core research mission. It's a wonderful flywheel, flywheel effect to have. The industrial adaptive controls platform we developed with Google's cloud and data centers teams is one of the first products, our first products. It really helped us to think about AIML product management. We started with the Google data centers team and improved cooling by up to 40%. It is now a fully autonomous system deployed in production. The team solved for high levels of complexity. Imagine a system with 10 different knobs you can turn. Each has 10 different settings. This is a lot simpler than a standard industrial system. Even with this system, you have 10 at the power of 10 or 10 billion possible combinations. Humans aren't good at solving that level of complexity. But the good news is AI is. Imagine that you're a PM working at DeepMind or your favorite research lab. You're part of this culture that brings together academia and startups. A researcher comes to you saying, my team and I have developed this incredible technology that masters complex tasks and gets to superhuman level in record time. As a PM, what do you do? How do you approach bringing the benefits of this new technology to the world? Where do you start? This is our main task as product managers in a research organization. At Google, I heard multiple people say, focus on the user, and everything else will follow. In the specific case of PMs working with research, I realized very quickly that we usually do not know beforehand who the user is, let alone what the product can be. We only know what the researchers shared with us after they discovered some new algorithm of technology. That definitely makes our roles uncomfortably exciting. When our amazing researchers share their news, there is so much a PM needs to process. Understanding the technology, its technical requirement, brainstorming on potential applications, diving deeper into the specifics to develop a high-level business case, and also thinking about deployment risks, and potential analytical uses. A comprehensive new process starts to quickly assess the opportunity to build a sustainable product, secure approvals and resources to execute. All this needs to happen at breakneck speed as researchers usually have plans to publish and open source their research so others can build on it and further advance science. As a PM, if you don't move fast enough, other groups will seize the opportunity, and you want to build the product. In our case, as PMs working between DeepMind, one of the world's leading research labs, and Google, with its multiple billion-user products, we limit complexity by starting with answer to the main questions of who are the users and what is the product. The way we do that today, and bear in mind that we keep iterating on our approach as we as we incorporate key learnings, is to scan the problem space, so what do users and partners across Google and Alphabet need or want? What do their users need or want? And the solution space, what promising and incredible technologies are coming out of fundamental research. We match these two and build prototypes with our engineering and applied research teams. Successful prototypes are then selected to incubate new products in close collaboration with our partner engineering and product teams across Google. The key in this part of the process is really to prioritize ruthlessly to ensure resources are allocated to the most promising bets. One of the main pitfalls for PMs in research is to fall in love with the technology. PMs are usually naturally cursed people who love to go deep into things. That leads some to overinvest their time in understanding the minute details of the research breakthroughs and forget that their teams are counting on them for so many other things that can seem mundane but are equally critical to overall success. As much as you might enjoy debating with technical folks on their approach, you should try to avoid losing sight of your own role and how it differs from other capabilities that are necessary for overall success. Falling short of doing that will negatively impact your team. Knowing one scope and focus areas is the main reason why we regularly revisit this slide, which lays out what we think we are responsible for as PMs. It is quite aligned with multiple other frameworks you have probably seen elsewhere. The first and foremost, the PM is an analyst. They know the product and its users. You should be the expert on your product and technology. You should know the competitive landscape and your ecosystem. Instrument and know the data inside and out. Drive curiosity and honesty around numbers. Constantly engage with users. Actually, even be a user yourself. Know their issues and build empathy. Second, the PM is a strategist. They create a vision and set strategy. You should create clarity and excitement. Build connections across roles and groups. Facilitate strategic decision-making. Champion the team and let others shine. Educate users on the vision and function. The PM, third, the PM is a communicator. They connect internally and externally. You will need to create a compelling, unique vision of the future. Craft the story, why it's important, what is the impact that you're trying to achieve. Set a strategy for competitive differentiation. Write the PRD and commercialization plan and then tell the story over and over again. The PM, Ford, the PM is an owner. They drive execution forward. You will set OKRs, project cadence, with calm and urgency. Anticipate and unblock teams on all fronts. Own product experience and set quality bar. Sell and support the first customers, And then pitch in where needed. Put your design hat, your marketing hat, your sales hat to help your team move forward. At this point, it is important to remember that behind the name PM, or product manager, there are very different types of roles that can hide. PMs come in very different flavors that depend on who their users are. Is it a consumer? Is it a B2B setup? Or are you working on internal tools? Also, what environment do you operate in? Is it research, hardware, the consumer space? And last, what maturity stage is their product? Is it early, mature, or end of life? All these are very, very different PMs. It is definitely not a one size fits all role. However, the skills required across all various flavors overlap quite a lot. And it is not only possible, but also incredibly rewarding to move between one and the other during your careers. As a PM, your role also evolves as your product goes through its life cycle. You will draw on different parts of the PM skill set depending on the face you are on. Remember the pitfall we mentioned of spending time in the wrong area. It can also happen here as your product evolves, and you don't. For example, if you enjoy vision-type work, you might get less excited about the maintain phase. Your product will suffer from that, and your team will definitely feel that. They will question your leadership, and you might end up losing them. Your users will definitely feel that and your product will end up suffering. A piece of advice here is to know what, time of, what type of stage excites you more and make sure to have transition plan for when you might not be the best person to drive the team anymore. Your team will greatly appreciate that. Your users too. As we discussed earlier, for research PMs, it is very easy to focus on the technology available from research and look for where to apply it. It's a common pitfall that can lead to certain failure in many cases. PMs should own the problem space, not the solution space. Your focus is on the customer experience and user pain points. Once you have a good grasp of those, you will work backwards to the technology. Otherwise, you're just a hammer looking for nails. I have probably been guilty of being in awe at a new breakthrough and underestimating the effort required to turn it into a product. It is probably obvious to many, but a product is not just the technology. It is much more than that. In the case of the example I shared with you around our energy savings work with Google's data centers, our product was not just reinforcement learning applied to cooling. It included an understanding of the environment, and integration into existing workflows, as well as very detailed thoughts put into continuous improvement and data gathering. Framing the problem you're trying to solve will help you. In our energy savings case, we wanted to increase energy efficiency of industrial systems, not just apply a specific RL algorithm. We figured out that there were many problems to solve before we could get to using our technology and deploying it in the real world to see its benefits. Things like partner selection, data quality, legal and commercial negotiations, financial sustainability of the product, internal priorities and competitive landscape were all problems the PM needed to solve first to give their team visibility into uh, what they were trying to achieve. To do that, The PM starts by developing a strategy during the planning phase. They are trying to find the sweet spot between technical feasibility, business viability, and human desirability. The questions to always ask yourself here are, does my product solve the user's problems? Can we build it? Is it sustainable? Once that product vision and strategy is compelling enough for executives to fund it, The PM shifts gears to developing their product and launching it. They set metrics and track them. They coordinate resources, communicate to their teams and sponsors. They also keep planning and adjusting to new data points. The PM can really be both the glue that keeps everything together and the engine that powers the team forward in close collaboration with all other functions. That collaborative approach helps product managers move their products through the lifecycle according to a well-planned roadmap. You might have seen examples of this perfectly old machine that many organizations strive for to ensure effective product development. However, reality is not always a straight line, and multiple surprises happen. Be ready for those. If the saying, God is laughing at your plans, is true, then product managers must be well-placed on the list of entertainment providers. Still, one of the most important areas to master for a PM is effective collaboration. PMs are ultimately accountable for the impact they deliver, but they need the support and alignment of multiple functions that they do not manage directly to succeed. They also need to interact with groups outside their company to set their product up for success. There are multiple brilliant talks from excellent PMs, including many available through the product school that I would recommend watching for best practices around influencing without authority. PMs deal with constant change that impact their markets, companies, teams, and themselves. They need to continuously adjust and figure out a path to transformational impact despite those challenges. New technologies can displace their product. New regulatory environments can negatively impact their vision. Company priorities can shift and jeopardize their plans. Team members can leave or join new ventures or get demotivated. The PM themselves also changes as they grow, develop, and look for other challenges. It is important to be conscious of this change and adapt accordingly as you go. In summary, I would like to leave you with five key points. First, there are many types of PMs depending on your environment. They are all equally rewarding roles. It is important to know which one you are or prefer and adjust to optimize your chances of success. Second, always focus on the problem, not the solution. That is where you will optimize the value you bring to the team and to your product. Third, take ownership, set goals, and drive execution. Your team, leadership, and users will be grateful for that. Four, focus on building a collaborative team environment, including outside stakeholders. Always remember that you can go fast alone, but you will go farther and maybe faster with others. Five, remember that it is a journey and that learning, growth, and development are the the rewards to optimize for as you go. I hope you enjoyed the points we covered and that it helps you think through your own approach to the fascinating job of product manager in AI ML organizations. If this is of interest to you and you would like to learn more about the various roles in research organization, type deepmind.com/careers in your favorite browser and check those out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.